questions about faith, relationships, beliefs, politics, social issues, our planet, and God. Where do you go when you're done with cliches and starving for the conversation to ascend? What do you do when you're struggling to find connection within your community, within your church? Join us, Lauren, Danielle, and Jason, to connect, discuss relevant topics, and try to navigate living in the tension of everyday life as Jesus followers. This is the Outsiders Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Outsiders Podcast. I'm Lauren and I am here with my co-hosts, Danielle and Jason. How are you guys doing today? Dude, I'm doing really well. I'm partying over here. I'm pumped. It's going to be a good day. So (laughs) I'm laughing because since we're doing this with a virtual guest, we're wearing headphones and Jason is currently screaming (laughs) and he doesn't realize he's screaming, which is why I'm laughing. (laughs) Was I screaming? (laughs) You still are. But I'm glad you're good. I'm good too. Thanks for asking. Excited to be welcome. here, have another great conversation, and excited to have our first guests of the new year. That's yes. pretty cool. Yes. So last week, we introduced the first part of our conversation on the LGBTQIA community, which has been a very requested topic from our listeners. And today, we're continuing the conversation with two special guests, which I'm super excited for. Um, I'm actually really excited because um, this topic means a lot to me, and I think we have a special opportunity to give a platform to LGBTQIA plus people um, and for them to use their voice to share their story um, and tell us, tell us about their experiences um, and, you know, just educate us more on this topic. So our first guest is my dear friend, Sophie. Um, She is the head trainer and operations manager at Burn Boot Camp in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She was born and raised in both the east and west of northern Canada. And (laughs) yes, I think I think it's just kind of like a requirement that all of our at least one of our guests every time that we have an episode is Canadian. It's really turning out that way. I mean, we just need to make sure everyone knows that (laughs) the great hail from the north. So um, but she we need to remind people that there are people up there. Yes, we are more than America's hat. Okay, we have purpose in this world. I mean, I feel like I learned something. Anyways, always a history lesson. Always learning new things. I love it. Anyways, back to Sophie. So um, she moved to Collegedale, Tennessee to begin her college education at Southern Adventist University, and um, taking one year in the four out of the four years that she was at at. Southern. She spent um, traveling overseas and was able to expand her global experience and broaden her horizons in many different locations, just degrees off the equator. Sophie has a passion for health, wellness, and fitness and has spent the formative years in her career building in such pursuits. She's an Enneagram 4 and loves digging deep into personal growth books in her spare time. On a weekend, you can find her working out, cooking, hiking, longboarding, or simply catching up on some of her favorite Netflix favorites. So, Sophie, welcome to the Outsiders podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here and to share your story. Thank you, Lauren. I am very excited to be here too. It's very um, an honor to be asked to be on this. So we're going to disregard my voice as we try and get through trainer voice um, for today's podcast. But 
again, very excited to be here. Excited to get started with you all. Okay, Sophie, so tell us a little bit about your story. When did you know you were gay and identified as LGBTQIA+. So this is the question I get a lot, and usually the question we are presented with first, I say we as being in the community, is when did you know or how did you know? Was there a moment? Um, for me, there wasn't a defining moment. Um, a lot of times the part of the LGBTQIA plus community will say it was when they were really little and they've known all their life. Um, for me, it was not necessarily a moment, but a, a span of time when I was a little bit older. Um, I did grow up in the Seventh-day Adventist church, but my dad did not become a pastor till I was, I was starting middle school when he became a pastor. So a lot of the pressure of starting young in the church as a pastor's kid was not necessarily something that I was faced with, but it was still a pressure that I felt because both my parents were very active in the church um, growing up. So just having that fear of being seen as not quite perfect. Um, I was kind of in the light with a lot of my upbringing and wanting to get straight A's, be the perfect student, be the good child, um, always be kind of in my place and do what was and what I thought was considered right. Um, so kind of following this pattern of wanting to seem a certain way and to fit in my whole life. Uh, I did go, like Lauren has mentioned, as a student missionary out during my junior year at Southern. Um, as a student missionary, I went over to, originally started in Pompeii and then went over to Yap, a tiny, tiny, tiny island um, overseas, just degrees off the equator. And coming back from that, I don't even know how to put words into it as far as horrendous excruciatingly painful um, year, mm. that was my moment of when I officially started saying, and I wanted to live my life more authentically coming back from that year and, and knowing that I wanted to change the way that I had been living my life in this picture perfect way. And so I wanted to live more authentically. And that's when I started digging and started realizing I don't just feel different. There is something different about me. Um, and so I wanted to basically speak my own truth for the longest time. And that was my defining moment coming back, but it also can grow into, I took a, a personal growth weekend. It was an amazing community that I joined called True You, which Lauren was my sponsor, so we put it into, either one getting me into it. And that was the community that I found that gave me the courage to then be able to come out to my parents. Um, they were the second, I first came out to a very close friend who completely embraced me. Um, she was currently also a member in the church. And to, so to hear that from her and then also to have this community that embraced me as well. Um, but again, going back to the question, I then, as I started coming back from my student year and uh, student missionary year and seeing and feeling and knowing something was different, um, that's when I started to dig into my past. And now I can look back and say, okay, I had these attractions when I was younger. Um, I had a moment in kindergarten when, what was I, I must have, what, a six or seven, maybe it was preschool. And we were all getting ready to play this game of house or to some type of, we were at home. And my chosen spouse was one of the other girls in my class that was there. And that was the 
probably the first moment when I look back to when I can remember being the youngest, when I had chosen a same sex partner and everyone else was choosing the other sex. And I, you know, didn't think it was weird until I got all these reactions from all the other kids in the class. Um, but that's when I started putting up the walls and started saying, this is not who I am. Um, actually while I was in high school, I almost swung the opposite direction because I did start to feel that shame and that separation from the church. And I knew what I was being taught in both Sabbath school and, and my home life. And I had heard snippets of the LGBTQIA plus community that these were not acceptable behaviors. This was not a life to be lived. And so at home, I was starting to learn that this was not right, that it was wrong, that it was dirty. And I went all the way to the other side. And even though I internally felt these things coming up in me and the attraction to the same sex, I actually became slightly, I should say slightly, but very homophobic. And I started to almost push the opposite direction and say, this cannot be me. This will not be me. I refuse to let, you know, these thoughts be in my head or these attractions be there. And I would actually openly talk down. Um, I had a friend come out in high school as a lesbian when we were our junior year of high school. And I actively shunned her and pushed her as far away as possible, not wanting to be associated with any of this lifestyle or this chosen, what I thought was at the time and what I was learning was chosen lifestyle and that it was so wrong. And so I actually pushed her out of my social group and became very homophobic and open about my almost a hatred towards the community because I was going in that other direction. Um, and so that was where I had started to feel that shame build up. And then after college, I, when I came out to my parents, it was still a long journey after that of self-discovery, um, still digging into who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live my own life outside of how my parents were dealing with it and how the community was responding to me coming out. And uh, I actually came out to them my graduation weekend of, from Southern. So they've done their best. They were not um, able to attend my wedding just for their own reasons, mm. but they've done the best with what they believe. Wow, that was a lot. Thank you so much for um, diving into all that and kind of telling us a bit about your experience and your story and just being willing to have that vulnerability with us um, and just kind of pull back the veil so we could know what, what you've kind of gone through and how you've gotten to be who you are today. Um, you know, talking about being brought up in the church and even being a pastor's kid um, and always having that as kind of an element in your story. How has you know, all of this affected your relationship with God and also with the church? That's also a very deep and long question. Um, I did struggle a very long time with my faith because even before I came out, just the thoughts that I was struggling with is how I was going to keep my faith as well as be out and be in a um, homosexual relationship and be married. I didn't think it was a possibility to be a part of the church and be in the lifestyle that I was in. I started to move into the journey of self-discovery and my faith and dug deeper into what the Bible was saying and what it was not saying. And so many parts of it were coming 
out of this discovery that I had been told were biblical references to homosexuality and told that these were direct um, slander against me and the lifestyle I was about to pursue. But that all changed. I actually found a book. It's entitled Torn by Justin Lee. And that's really what completely changed my view and changed my life. Um, every, like I said, every scripture that I'd been told growing up that condemned me was now being told that maybe this isn't the way it's supposed to be interpreted. We've taken it in the other direction. And that's not actually what the Bible is trying to say. What I was taught growing up was that God is love. And that's what the church was supposed to be all about. Um, unfortunately, I was not able to keep my my mem- my name on the members list of uh, SDA church for being married. However, I have kept and have a stronghold on being spiritual. So as much as I um, have turned away from necessarily a religious affiliation, I still consider myself very spiritual and have a very strong relationship with God that I have held on to throughout it all. Um, so what I took away from the teachings of even being born and raised SDA was I'm unconditionally loved and that unconditional love does not have those boundaries and does not tell me that me being a created being am wrong or that I should not have the rights that every other human being created by God has. Um, and I found my truths in that way. Still struggled a long time um, to try and stay in the church, but felt some of that shame um, of just, and it could have been some of my own, just that I couldn't get out of my head the teachings I had been brought up with and almost speaking to myself in ways I would never want to speak to anybody. So I struggled a lot with that internal shame and even my own condemnation. Uh, I was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and had many years of struggle with suicidal thoughts. When I was um, trying to almost not justify my faith, but when I felt the need to justify my faith to those around me, I, I didn't know how to be both in the church and in faith and also live the life that I was living. So I was able to separate those two and am now able to be in a place where I remain very spiritual. I remain very um, connected with God. And those are my lifelines still. And I'm able to know that that is not defined by the exact belief system that I have in any church outside of the church. I still have an amazing community and all of the above. So, Well, Sophie, I'm not going to go into it. Um, last episode, I, we spent a, a few minutes apologizing and I don't know if you were able to hear that, but honestly, like I, I just met you via zoom about what, like 20 minutes ago. I could already tell you're just an amazing person. I just want to be like friends. Uh, and so I just really appreciate you. And honestly, I just, I'm so sorry. I just, I have to apologize again. Um, yeah, it's terrible. And I just, my heart breaks and, and I'm really sorry. But something I say often is there is space, right? And, and love does win. And the church um, screws up a lot. 
because of misunderstanding or because of biases or ignorance or whatever. I'm not dismissing it or justifying it, but I am excited that I think conversations like this, right? The church isn't done, right? What we are growing, we are moving forward, creating space for more people. I think ultimately teaching more accurate and deeper biblical truth, uh, which truly is the gospel, right? And so, I, you know, things like this. So, anyway, I just, I'm just really sorry for your past and your narrative, uh, but I'm excited for the future and for the next generation moving forward after this. Um, so, all that to say, okay. So, you've said a lot. I really appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability. I think you know, authenticity is really important. But ultimately. Um, what do you wish most people, like specifically Christians, knew about the LGBTQIA plus community? The first thing I've always wanted anybody inside or outside of the church to know that it's okay to ask questions. I, the, the biggest um, opener to any conversation that I can have with anybody is curiosity. So the fact that even you three are having this conversation within the church and within a faith-based community shows me that there is so much room for growth, for progress, and it stems from curiosity. If someone comes to me with a question genuinely just wanting to know, and just because they maybe don't know, they, they haven't experienced you know, what I have, or they've never been a part of the community, or even interacted with anybody who has been part of the community itself— I am immediately open to answering anything. And it's hard to get offended when someone comes with an open and honest, genuine, you know, question. So these questions are so important to be asked and to know that if you're asking it in a way that you just genuinely want to know someone else's experience, um, don't be afraid. I think there's a lot of that fear. I know there's a lot of that fear that either the church or even the straight community is going to offend us. But with it's, if it's coming from a genuine air, place of love and that question is there, I'm all for it. Um, I, I go into a lot of my brain just kind of goes haywire thinking of how many things I would love, you know, for more people inside of the church to know about our community. Um, we don't want to be treated differently. There's a, you know, walking on eggshells around sometimes within certain faith-based communities, but we really just want, like when I was younger, just want to fit in. We don't want to feel different. Um, we are at times just as scared, and I put that in quote air quotation marks because we are just as scared and terrified of um, the straight community as much as it goes reverse. And it's just the unknown. It's just that we don't have that same experience. And so the questions, again, are something that can be a phenomenal opener for any conversation. We very much want to talk about these issues. I remember when I was younger, I had so many questions and I didn't feel that I could ask them within the church. So to know that now there is an open community and there's open conversation that we're talking about these issues, to to the next generation coming up, the next LGBTQIA plus kids coming into the church, um, they can ask questions in a safe environment. And that's very encouraging and very, it makes me very happy to hear. Um, trying to see one thing, my 
mom made a comment a couple of years back. It was, I don't remember what we were watching something. I believe it was something on the news and a pride parade came on and it was very loud. It's very proud. It was, it's colors. It's, um, open sexuality. Some people form their expression is nudity and it, that's what was being shown. And for her, there was the fear that this was a representation of the community I was now stepping into and the lifestyle I was taking on. And I, I remember turning to her and I wanted to say, that's not, you know, that's not what we were represented as necessarily. We can also, what about those of us who just want to be introverts, sit at home and drink tea? Like there's not that all that loud and proud all the time. And that's not necessarily the poster child for the LGBTQIA plus community. And so I wanted to turn to her and say, you know, that's not what we're all about necessarily, even though that's a part of just, you know, being okay with your sexuality and actually celebrating it. So to, for the church to know that it's not always what is depicted in the media as well. And that, you know, we're just people too. And, um, we can be in great relationships and we sometimes fly our flags, but that's just a side thing. Um, and want to be just accepted inside the community that we're not always needing to stand out in some kind of opposition. That was a lot of good insight. Thank you. I think that that was a lot of good. I think just like being able to openly ask someone those questions, it may feel awkward in just like everyday conversation. So it's nice to be able to just be like, hey, what should I know? Like, what are some things you can tell me? So thank you for that. Um, but I think after everything you've said, if you could pick one thing that you wanted listeners to take away from this conversation, what would it be? Um, number one, I want to know, I want the LGBTQIA plus we need to know you are loved and you're not alone. That's really what it boils down to. Um, Sophie, it's so good to have you on, on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story. And you have a lot to contribute to not only our church community, but society in general. Um, so thank you so much for, for being here and, um, sharing your experiences and your story. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Like I said, it's an honor to be here. And I sit in the same place of wanting to thank you three, uh, the amazing opportunity you guys are giving to have a voice to all of these topics, the conversations within the church is just phenomenal. When Lauren first presented that she wanted me on her podcast, I immediately got a little nervous, but also just excited because you're opening up a platform for some amazing conversations. And so just to thank the three of you for yeah, letting me and the whole community have a voice within this podcast. So thank you to you three. And of course, it's good to see you. And now our second guest, I'm super pumped to introduce uh, her name is Kristen, and I specifically remember when... Oh, so Kristen is here in studio with us, which I think is great. And I remember the first time, basically the first time I met you, uh, it was about 
four and a half years ago, I was a youth pastor. We were doing a, a we call it Vespers, but it's kind of like a Friday night youth group event. And that specific, I don't know if you remember this, that yes. night uh, I called it Ask Anything. It was an Ask Anything Vespers. And I was so bold as it wasn't only for my youth group, I included other youth groups. And that's when I met Kristen. Yeah. To put her on blast, she wasn't in my youth group. She was in another youth group. And when, but when you showed up, we were talking about all sorts of things, um, ultimately, right? Because it was an ask anything. So people are just asking questions and I'm giving answers. But I specifically remember um, the, the question often comes up about, you know, homosexuality and the Bible and all of these things that we've been talking about recently. But also in that that night, uh, jewelry came up, and I gave my answers the way I typically do, but then afterward, Kristen came up with some of her homies to talk to me about my answers, and you you were not a fan of uh, my answer about what the Bible says about homosexuality and our walk with God and jewelry and some of the other issues, But so that's when I met you, but what I really appreciated, appreciated about that conversation is you were honest, and you were bold, and you were you were willing to learn, right? Even though you were really, uh, you thought I was totally wrong, and maybe I was, right? to be clear. But but you were, you were passionate about it, and um, and really. But that was four and a half years ago, and um, honestly, we've kind of been hanging out since. Yeah. Because you joined my youth group. I did. Uh, we started this thing called Theology, which was super fun. Uh, after that, and um, which is kind of like a weekly thing, and then we have one-on-one conversations uh, ever since. So, Kristen, it is uh, an honor not just to know you and and be friends with you, but to have you on our podcast. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for letting me be here. Um, yeah, so on one of these one-on-one discussions, I actually had a chance to come out to Jason. Um, yeah, I was previously talking to him. It was not planned. I wanted to talk to him about my depression. And we just started talking about people in my life, about things in my life. And the topic of LGBTQIA plus came up. And I remember him like asking me if I was upset about someone coming out in my life because I was having similar feelings. And I, I just still said, remember yes. that. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, yeah, I am. And I remember you clearly saying love wins. And that like changed my life. Mm. Like, I don't know what I would have done if you had said something negative or saying something that wasn't affirming, but that situation just gave me hope. That just gave me chills. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for that. Very much appreciated. Absolutely. No, I I believe in it. We've talked about it as a podcast. We've talked about it for years now. And, yeah, I think it's it's so true. Um, So... As, right, we were having that conversation the way we have lots of conversations, but when, you know, just for everyone listening right now on our podcast, when did you know you were gay and identified as LGBTQIA+. So that's kind of a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I didn't come out to myself for a long time because I just, it never clicked in my brain. Um, In middle school, I knew that something was different about me because all my friends were talking about boys and I was just like, hey... I'm studying for school. I'm studious. I'm smart. I, you know, I'm just not worrying about that right now. Um, and then in high school, people would like come up to me and be like, hey, what's your type? Like, who are you interested in? And I still had no clue. So I eventually just made someone up because I was tired of people asking, but I still didn't have a grasp on what my sexuality was until college when there was this girl and she and I were really close friends and we hung out a lot. 
And I just remember that my feelings for her were different than my feelings for my other friends, but I still couldn't place it. It's like when you have something on the tip of your tongue and you want to say it, but you just can't. That's what it was like until one day when she came up to me and sat me down and said, Kristen, I have feelings for you. And that completely blew my mind. Like I was not aware that that was possible for me, for someone I was close to. Like I had seen people come out in the church before and just in general, but for it to be applied to my life was something completely different. So that day I like actually realized that, wow, I could have feelings for girls. But then I went off to Spain and I studied there for about nine months. And there was this guy there who was actually actively pursuing me. So I told myself, Kristen, this is a great opportunity. You have the chance to see if you can go out with guys. And so I did. We went out for a little bit. We were, for all practical purposes, dating. And it was, it was fine. Like, it was not terrible. So I was like, you know, I like hanging out with him. I like having someone to talk to. So I thought maybe I had feelings for this guy. But I just didn't know what it meant. And then like after I thought about it for a while, I just realized that the more I thought about being intimate with this guy, it just was repulsive to me. Mm. And being intimate with girls wasn't repulsive. So I just started to understand more and more that I was more in love with this concept of being normal, being a girl with a guy, than I was with actually being with this guy. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, Which I think like that's a really big deal, right? Like, yeah. Ultimately, this this fear of of perception, like how you're being perceived, and yeah, it was really important to okay. I want the world to think you know I'm certain way, but right. But there's like this inner struggle. Right, and that struggle like led me down a lot of dark paths. I have to say. Um, I, I said briefly before that I have depression. Um, I think it's important to note that I'm not depressed because I'm gay, but being gay has definitely amplified my depression. Mm. Um, I think if you realize that you don't fit into this perfect box of things that especially Christians hold dear to their heart, it's really devastating. And I thought that when I came out, I would have to give up my Christianity because the two just don't fit together. So I had a lot of internalized hatred towards myself and people like me. Um, last week, you guys talked about the Trevor Project, and I realized that I'm actually part of that statistic. Um, I really struggled with depression and suicide for many years. Um, and I think it's really important to recognize that a lot of people in the community struggle with this and have the same thought processes. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. I know that it can be both freeing and hard to talk about these these things that have happened in your life. So we really appreciate you being vulnerable Absolutely. Um, and opening up about that and just kind of explaining your story a little bit. Um, and you've mentioned, you know, that you were brought up as a Christian, you've been involved in church and stuff. So how was this revelation of realizing this about yourself and, and coming to terms with to terms with it and stuff. How has that affected your relationship with God and also the church and your community and stuff like that? When it comes to God, um, at first I was really angry with him and I was really ashamed. So I spent 
so many nights crying my eyes out and begging God, just begging him to either turn me straight or to kill me Mm. because I thought those were the only two options. And I didn't understand how I could be wonderfully and beautifully made and be gay. Um, It was just not something that made sense to me. But God kept saying no to me, which Mm. is a good thing. And um, it took a lot of self-reflection. I spent time reading books. Um, Sophie actually introduced me to Torn by Justin Lee. And I read that and it was very helpful. And I just started gradually getting to the place where God and I were okay. We're good. But then the church is a whole different story. And people are a lot scarier than God is. Um, Even though I came out to several of my friends, my family, and I've posted on social media, it sometimes feels like I'm still only half out of the closet. So there's always this battle in my brain that I want people to know who I am so I can educate and be there and support whoever I can. But at the same time, I am so scared of people knowing who I am. Um, It feels kind of like I'm this imposter in the church where I am just kind of masquerading as a good Christian. And I feel like I've infiltrated the church just a little bit, but as soon as people find out who I am, I'm worried that they'll stop being there for me or stop being happy that I'm there. So I just, I wish, I want church to be a part of my life and I love it. I love it. And I love the community here, but it is hard to grasp being gay and being a Christian. Well, and so recently you asked, you just point blank asked me, is there a space for you? Yeah. And what I say? You said that there is, and I'm really, I'm happy with that because I, I don't know what I would do without the people here. Yeah. So along those lines, like what do you wish more people knew about you and the LGBTQIA plus community? All right. So I remember this one Vespers we had here and it was about the LGBTQIA plus community. And there was this guy that went up and he actually talked about his experience with a family member who was in the community. And I just remember I had a full mental breakdown during that Vespers because I felt like they were talking about me, but in a way where I couldn't be included. Hmm. And I just think it's important to know that there needs to be like a space and an ear for the LGBTQIA plus community to be heard, to know that it's possible that you can be gay and be a Christian, that it's possible to be a Christian and to love God and be outside of the norms of society. And that being part of the LGBTQIA plus community doesn't make you any less of a person or a Christian. Your, your comment earlier where you said that you kind of felt like you were only, or you still feel like you're kind of only half out of the closet, that is kind of what sticks with me, even with what you just said right now about that experience and just feeling like there's not a clear space where you have a voice and people are actually listening. It's like you can be who you are and some people can know it, but you can't be proud of it and you can't be, you know, outspoken about it and just authentically live yourself to your fullest potential. And that just makes me really sad, you know, because I I really do wish that people could feel like they had a space. And mm-hmm. I think that 
you know, that's part of the reason why we're wanting to talk about this, so mm-hmm. that we can help to create that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in having this conversation and, and hearing a little bit about your story, what is the thing, what's the one thing that you want listeners to take away from this conversation? It seems simple, but it's just God loves you. No matter what your orientation is, no matter what your gender identity is, you belong here and you have a space. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. I, 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 know, I don't mean this to sound demeaning. It, it, now I give that preface. But anytime, I know you're a full-blown like adult and you're however old you are, but I still look at you as like, you're one of my kids, dude. You're one of my students. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And so thank you for your, your bravery, right? Your willingness to have this honest conversation. Um, and hopefully something we say a lot around here is we're going to keep the conversation going. Um, Ultimately, we can't change the world, but I'm interested in changing our slice of the world, or maybe we can even just change someone's world. And it starts, I think, with podcasts and and with these conversations. So thank you so much for joining us, for being here, being a part of our community. And I'm excited to see what God continues to do through you and, and, and through your, through your influence uh, for, for church and for people. Thank you. Thank you to Sophie and Kristen for joining us on this episode. Um, You both are just so beautiful and courageous and strong women inside out. So thank you for sharing your experiences and your honesty and your vulnerability with us today. If you want to have further conversations with us about the LGBTQIA plus community, please reach out. Like Jason said, he would love to have further conversation with you. Um, So you can contact us on Instagram or email. um, And we'd love to continue having this conversation. And again, this is isn't the only time that we're going to. This is us starting the conversation. Um, and, and I think, you know, we can pat ourselves on the back for having the conversations, but like, I don't want this to be the thing that it's like checking the box, like, yep, we did it, but that this is um, like both what Kristen and Sophie have said. They're a part of this community and and we need to do the work to um, make sure that we are not excluding them and, and, and including them in these conversations and having them lead. So it's not those of us who, you know, don't identify with the LGBTQI plus community. Tune in next week for another episode of the Outsiders podcast. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Alan Clark. Music throughout the episode is by Common Man Music. And a special thank you to Lady Gaga. If you like what you've been hearing, tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with any of us, follow us on Instagram at We're the Outsiders Podcast, and we'll see you next week.